Hey boss mama, my name is Laura Katanen, and my big dream is that mothers are valued as an asset in the business world with equal opportunities to pursue their dreams while showing future generations what is possible with the right mindset. I'm a dreamer and doer by nature who loves the challenge of bringing dreams to life and went from corporate change leader to entrepreneur, wife, and mom all around the same time. This brought on massive identity shifts which encouraged me to wake up and rethink everything I believed and valued about myself and life. By learning how to expand my mind, I was not only able to ignite my soul's purpose and passions, but also elevate my business and life in quantum leaps. I want the same for you, which is why I am here to talk about the mindset required to dream bigger and the simple steps you can take to bring your dreams to life so you can shine brighter sharing your remarkability, and making the impact in the world only you can. Besides getting vulnerable, sharing my personal journey, and lessons learned, I also interview pioneers paving a new way for all women. Even though women have orbited our planet as astronauts, there is still an unconscious cultural bias around mothers in the workforce, which is why it's time to start thinking differently about our power in the world. If this resonates with you, grab your headphone and your favorite beverage and let's dive into the topics that challenge and motivate us to have the right mindset and keep going despite the roadblocks and chaos around us as we juggle this thing called Boss Mama Life. Sending you love, light, and lots of imagination as we dive into our next episode. Welcome back, Boss Mamas, to another episode of the Boss Mamas Mindset. I'm thrilled to be here today talking to you about romance, kids, and COVID, and all the lessons learned that I'm hoping help all of you who might be struggling with getting that romance going in the midst of raising kids and all the fun stuff of COVID. So listen, um, I pulled a card today and I thought, wow, this is so fascinating because it's something that I've had to work hard on. Um, And I think in relationships in general, and it boils down to a lot of, um, you know, the beliefs that I had and commands that I had when I was working through on my spiritual journey. And, you know, still some of these pop up, we're never fully uh, (laughs) done with our journey, are we? So I'm going to get vulnerable a minute. And I'm going to talk to you about a story that has to do with um, this card. So I pulled the card. Uh, this is from the Goddess uh, Guidance Oracle card deck by Doreen Virtue. And I pulled, um, I was asking, you know, the universe, I'm talking about romance and kids and COVID. And, and what, do I, what about, what kind of goddess needs to be here for us and all the boss mamas listening? And the goddess Ishtar comes up and she's all about boundaries. And the quote on the bottom says, love yourself enough to say no to others' demands on your time and your energy. And if I'm honest, this has been uh, a big struggle for me in my relationships. Um, It's been this way, even with the relationship with myself. And actually it's quite ironic because as I'm taping this, um, I have a little bit of a cold. And, um, And actually my parents used to always tell me, you know, Laura, we always knew when you've had, you've reached your limit, Unfortunately, you weren't listening to your inner compass because you always get, you got sick, you would come down with a cold. And I think um, it's interesting because you have personal boundaries, you have boundaries with relationships with others. 
And all of the time we are getting signals, aren't we? And it's, it's the divine feminine to pay attention. We have higher intuition, um, but oftentimes we let our ego in our head or our uh, passion for, you know, life of uh, hustling hard and success mindset over, you know, more of a, a balance and slowing down to speed up and enjoying being in the moment and being present. And I feel like when we don't, you know, give ourselves the time to fill ourselves up um, and you're tired or you're feeling guilty or you're resentful when you're helping so many other people, this comes into the energy of the relationship. And so you need to be able to step back and reassess the situation. And when you start to respect your boundaries, others begin to recognize it. And that's when healthy relationships begin to develop. So it doesn't, you know, a lot of the times um, when I'm coaching clients, you know, boundaries are a topic and people feel that it could be aggressive or kind of come off as being too assertive, but that's only because we're people pleasers and we are afraid of hurting people's feelings. But, you know, something I learned um, by a, a fascinating um, yeah, YouTube uh, TED talk that I watched once was this woman was sharing that like, it's only because we haven't learned how to be okay with other people's emotions. We can't control or regulate other people's emotions, can we? No, we can only we can only know what we need. And as long as we're saying that with the right intention and with the right compassion and love, um, then, you know, we can't control how others receive that information. So I thought boundaries was such a fitting card. So it is something I've really had to work at and it comes up still, you know, if I'm, if I'm thinking about, um, recently when we found out, you know, right after Christmas that lockdown was going to be longer and that they were going to actually embed night curfews and that schools would be closed longer than we had thought in daycares. I have to tell you, my husband was totally shocked. He needed time to process it. He, his energy plummeted and he was completely just for at a loss and he, for words. And it's interesting because it's, it's in these moments of like, I guess you could say like immense change, or sometimes you could call it crisis um, management. I really thrive. And I, I think that's also why I went after a career in change management. And I really love big changes in my life. Uh, a lot of my friends will always tease me. You don't just take one big change at a time. You take like multiple. And that's true. I've always had big changes going on in multiple areas, all my areas in my life. And I think it's because I don't have, I, I can get through, um, we call it the Sarah curve model um, when I was in my studies. And that's the, the model of change. You know, first you go through shock, then you go through anger, then you go through resistance, and then you can finally get to acceptance. I just, I've always been able to get through that Sarah curve a lot quicker, especially in situations of like, yeah, things like this, where it's like your children, you're, you're, you're kind of taking care of your family or at work. Um, now, when it comes to myself and maybe setbacks where, you know, somebody has said something about me that I didn't really like, that might take me a little longer. So, and whereas Yana is um, rather quick with those kind of things and he just lets that go off his back. So we all have our strengths, right? And what Yana and I have noticed is that setbacks of this type um, I perform a little bit differently than he does. And so 
but it can, and it has in our relationship, it had the tendency to cause a lot of tension. And the reason for that is simply mindset and beliefs and values that we needed to really look at and say, hey, um, look, what am I trying to control here? What kind of expectations do I have? Um, what is it that I was envisioning that now I might need to let go of? And, you know, early on in our relationship, it those kind of that kind of tension when it didn't, um, yeah, kind of meet correctly, or we weren't able to give it the right space and talk about it. You know, I would, I would often question like, is this really the right guy for me? And that's not healthy. Of course, that has stems from my childhood and, and being able to trust and, and, and really believe that, you know, these differences aren't going to hurt me, but they're actually healthy and, and they're going to actually make us grow stronger together. Um, but I share this because I think one of the things about relationships in general is the baggage that we bring to the table and it shows up in so many ways. So we're always, um, Yana and I are always now challenging each other when we start to have a little tension, when we start to feel that frustration is like, okay, what belief, what value, what expectation do we maybe need to like turn around upside down or re rewire and how can we best support each other? And let me tell you that has we aren't perfect at it. We've, we've had um, our moments still, but I feel like we're getting closer and closer to that stage where we can really challenge each other's mindset and help each other get back on track. So like in that instance with the lockdown, you know, I was able to give Yana his space. I knew he needed a little bit extra time. And I said, okay, I'll jump in and I'll just take on more and, you know, I'll figure things out. And I, didn't question whether or not, you know, this was a relationship for me. This time I was like, listen, we're a team and this is what partners and teams do for each other, teammates do for each other. And that's really, really important. Sometimes you're the light and other times you need the light. And being able to recognize that in each other and being able to give the space so that the other person can be the light or receive the light is super critical. And so that's why I think it's really important. One of the things that Yana and I, we do every year, but we also, um, you know, we have regular, you know, touch bases with each other. And we're always talking about where's our mindset at? Where's our energy at? Um, what are we struggling with the most? And how can we best support each other? And this has become a practice that we've embedded over the last year, especially since moving internationally with two kids in the middle of a pandemic. We've just you know, and, and now I don't even feel like we necessarily need to say it directly all the time because we've, we've really gotten to a point where we can sense each other's um, energy, but it is so beautiful and it's important to open up that conversation, but the intentions are important, right? So, you know, I had an intention, I set intentions every, um, for the next year um, in November or December of, of, the year that I'm in for the next year. So last November and December, I was putting together my intentions and my vision boards and all of that. And for relationships in particular, I just wrote down simply, I am unconditional love. And what this means to me is that, you know, I love with all my heart. I let go of expectations. I let go of my ego. I let go of my judgment. I let go of my fear. I love no matter what. I love 
to give and I love when I receive. And this is really, really important. And I know though, in order to be able to give fully and, and love unconditionally, there is a part of me where I need to fill myself up. And we talked about boundaries and I'll get that get to that in a minute. But you know, on my vision board, not only do I have that written down, but I also have a couple of things I wanted to share with, with everyone listening that I just absolutely love. So one is a quote by Dorothy Hunt. And it says, in this choiceless, never-ending flow of life, there is an infinite array of choices. One alone brings happiness, to love what is. And I mention this because a lot of the times when I look at my relationship with my partner and even with my kids, um, and, and when it's not going well or there's a lot of tension or a lot of temper tantrums, it's usually when I'm trying to control, when I'm trying to take over and I have too high of expectations and then something goes wrong. And so what I love about Dorothy's quote and why I put it on my vision board is that it's the ability to love what is right now, right here, no matter what it is you're going through, no matter how chaotic it is. And just knowing that it is divine, exactly where you are um, at this moment is where you're meant to be. And so it's that reminder to constantly slow down and really be in the present moment. And this is truly, truly game-changing for me and for so many clients that I work with. The other thing I wrote down is a mantra and it's a Sanskrit mantra and it's a Shanti Hum. And this basically translates to, I am peace. I radiate peace and calmness. I bring peace to those around me. I am in control of emotions and feelings. I emit love and love is what comes to me in every possible form. And so this, this is really great segue into the last you know, key points that I want to make about romance, kids and COVID and whatever's going in, on in your life that seems chaotic. Can you still find space for romance? And it is absolutely possible, but you must give yourself time first, time to be still, time to connect to your highest self, time to find that peace and get into your flow. This is really, really important, ladies. And I know as boss mamas or busy women entrepreneurs that are listening to this, we tend to want to do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. Um, and this kind of behavior, this kind of leadership in our life is then going to mirror back exactly what we're doing. The busyness, the chaos is going to come back to us. If we learn to sit still, we learn to to appreciate the moment and to be the calm in the storm, no matter what, then we're going to start to see more calm around us. So this is an amazing mantra that I really, really love. Shanti hum. Okay. So we talk about leadership and we talk about the leadership it takes to find the romance and the kid with kids and COVID and all of that. And so what I have found, and my husband and I talk about this a lot is that there's a couple of things that really make a difference in your relationship. And so first is figuring out how to balance your feminine and masculine energies. And what Jana and I have noticed, especially over the last few months, is we've been able to, because now we're more advanced in uh, like 
the way we talk about spirituality and how it shows up in our relationship, we're, you know, we're there. We can have these like really honest conversations. Excuse me, my nose is running a little bit. Um, but, you know, when we first met, he wouldn't have even touched this conversation around feminine and masculine energy. So it's taken some time, you know, we're eight years in, uh, maybe almost nine. Um, but the thing here is that I, you know, I have taken on a lot more masculine energy and tendencies given my corporate background and just like growing up with, you know, a very male dominated house with two brothers and a dad, they were all very strong, very powerful. Um, and there was this high expectation my whole life and, and all of that, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's blessings and everything. I mean, I was taught such incredible work ethic and I, I really looked up to all the different things that my family members each taught me. Um, however, it, I do feel that at the end of the day in my romance, you know, my, my life, my, my relationship with my husband, you know, he would say like, there's two sides of you. There's the sweet side. And then there's the, there's the, I am get out of my way. I've got to take action side. And the first side is more attractive than the second. And recently we had an aha moment because what I said to him was, listen, like I've always taken that really critical. And the thing is, is that, you know, as women, we get chastised for having masculine energy. And I asked him, you know, would you, if you were having an argument with your, a guy, you know, a business colleague or a friend, and you guys were really having it out and you were both being, you know, masculine energy and wanting to try to have your way, da, da, da. I mean, would you even say that, you know, that's not attractive. Um, and, and you no, know, you guys would be having a beer afterwards and you would be laughing and it would be like nothing ever happened. So why does it bother men so much that women have these masculine energies and tendencies too? And it was actually a really good question because it was eye-opening for both of us. I think women, we need to stop apologizing for our masculine energy I think we do need to show up and figure out what's more divine and, and not um, there's, you know, there's, there's some um, overused tendencies that can turn into blind sight, blind spots and, and unhealthiness. But we, you know, there are moments like with that crisis that I told you about in the very beginning, where we found out we were going to be in lockdown longer, like my masculine energy was necessary. It was important because my husband needed the space to be more fluid and be more open and have more, you know, less control over the situation and not have to take action. So it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful balance when you can, when you and your partner can find those energies and work with them and see how it works for you in different situations. But the truth is men also need to be open and recognize that women when they're in their masculine can be just as beautiful, maybe even sexy, uh, you know, as sexy as when they're in their feminine. And so I think this was a really important conversation that we recently had, and I was, I was excited to share it with you. Um, so the learning the balance, then the second thing is we really learned a lot from this couples workshop that we took by Dr. Harville uh, and Helen Hendricks. And it was uh, get the love you want. And there's a Imago dialogue in there. And I guess what I would say out of that is, you know, the keys 
that I learned and my husband's learned from that is that you've got to take accountability for your feelings. You've got to speak up. Hiding it is not gonna is not gonna help. However, there is an appropriate way to speak up and there's also an appropriate time. Often we are coming in and we want to have this conversation when the other person is busy in their own world or doing what they need to do or they weren't expecting to have this conversation. And so it's really important that that accountability is there of your feelings, but you're also respectful of, you know, is that is the person able to receive it right now? Do they have the bandwidth? Is there a better time for this? And just ask, you know, I think the other thing is empathy. We've got to be able to resonate and we've got to not get into problem solving mode. Like both partners, um, both the, you know, the man or the woman or the more masculine or feminine energy, we, we all want to be heard and we don't need to go into problem solving. We can just hold space, listen, repeat, empathize and say to the person like, look, that makes sense. I totally get it. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's really all that needs to happen. It's when we start problem solving or getting defensive that this, you know, the, the romance gets blown away because we can't find space to be romantic and to like be intimate with our partner if we're constantly at each other's throat. And so, you know, just having a way, whatever dialogue works for you, whatever method, whatever process, like, trial and error, keep trying things and don't give up and keep talking about it. The, the channels, keeping the channels open is really important. I know that's something my mom instilled in me from a very early age. It's like, make sure you're in a relationship where there's open flow of communication both ways. And now I see how important that is. Um, and then there's a couple other things. I mean, obviously appreciation and surprises, and those are so important. My husband and I, we've We've implemented date nights um, or date days. We just went recently into Amsterdam and enjoyed time walking around the empty city, going to places where we had first kissed and first got engaged. And like, it was so good for us. You know, we came back and we were really intimate and really just like, it put a spark back in our relationship that kind of had been missing for a month or so. So having that time is really good. But in order to get to that space, and this is where the whole conversation now will wrap up and we'll close on boundaries because I think it's such a, a magical conversation is that in order to get to that space of being able to give to my husband and feel like I could show, fully show up and also for my kids, I know now when I'm hitting my limits. So recently, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, you might've seen in my stories that I spent two nights in a hotel locally. Yes, during lockdown and the, and the staff was great. Uh, the four elements here in um, Iberg. And I have to say like, you know, that was, that was really needed. I just needed, you know, complete freedom, away from adult responsibilities, parent responsibilities, partner responsibilities, where I could just be selfish. And I could, you know, take an extra long shower and go to the bathroom without getting interrupted and, and take a really long walk with a girlfriend of mine. And, you know, it, it was magical. And it doesn't have to be two nights. It can be five minutes. It could be an hour. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, your boundaries are super critical to the effect of your romance, your relationship with your kids, and any chaos or 
you know, situation like COVID that's going on, we've got to take care of ourselves. So, you know, boundaries have been tough for me, but what I can say is I've just learned to set them. I've learned to be clear about what I'm going to need. And I've learned that we, you know, between my husband and I, we have a code word. Um, when, when I see that the boundaries are being crossed and, and not being respected, I say code red, and then he gets it. And these are the things that work for us. And I'd love to know what works for you. Um, but definitely that time to yourself, whether you meditate, whether you go for a walk, whether you sing in the shower, whether you just need to dance, uh, really just, you know, do whatever makes you joyful and happy and in peace. And I promise you, if you give yourself enough time to do that, you will start to see it reflect back to you in your life. So this is, you know, lessons learned in my in my, you know, almost nine years of being married and, or actually nine years being together, not that long being married. We've been married since 2015, so six. But, you know, I also want to say, you know, give yourself uh, some grace. It's not an easy uh, journey juggling career, motherhood, partnership, uh, friendships. We've got a lot on our plate. And so it's really important to not take everything so seriously. I'm working on that one too. And to let go of control and really let go of attachments and just know that, you know, taking care of yourself and your heart and giving love unconditionally is the best way to, to lead to happiness, just like Dorothy Hunt said. So if you need some crystals and stones that are going to help you with, um, here's some of my favorites, kunzite, uh, pink agate, uh, amethyst. Um, these are really great stones that if you use them during your meditation or just put them in the space where you want to receive love um, in your home, so it, they really, really help. So I'm sending you so much love, light, and imagination, and I'm hoping that this uh, gave you some insight or new perspective on how to bring more romance into your life around kids, uh, your career, and things like COVID. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, uh, you know, uh, keep following your dreams.